Here is a sermon message from Somerville Community Baptist Church. To hear more sermons like this, please visit iloveSCBC.org. Good morning. How's everyone doing? I thank God for the power of technology and the privilege to be able to bring God's Word to you from another state. Uh, I was supposed to be in uh, Massachusetts, uh, but because of our governor's uh, travel restrictions with uh, COVID-19, my family decided to not travel to visit and uh, obviously uh, prepare the sermon from the pulpit at Somerville Community Baptist Church. So uh, I hope uh, soon and very soon uh, there will be that day where I can come in person and see most of you, if not all of you. Um, but until that day, I hope you are healthy and uh, stay, stay well. Uh, make sure you wash your hands and mask up and uh, just continue to love the Lord. Uh, but it really is an honor and privilege to be able to bring God's Word to you. Um, I, I was speaking with Pastor David, and uh, when he reached out, uh, I said, of course, um, because uh, after I spent some time with you all uh, last fall at your uh, congregational retreat, um, fell in love with your church. You guys have been in, in my prayer uh, all the time. Uh, as you can see, this is our church. I hope you guys are keeping our church in prayer as well. Uh, please join me in prayer as we ask God to illuminate our hearts this morning. Father God, I want to thank you so much for uh, the power of the gospel uh, and for technology. And thank you so much for, uh, for bringing your people together, even in a tumultuous season, even in a season where uh, there's a lot of unknowns and uncertainty. So Father, as we approach your word, speak through this unworthy vessel. Let the words coming out of this mouth not be the words of any man, but be the words of our Lord Jesus Christ. For this we pray in your holy name. And all God's people say, Amen. If you think back upon the, uh, the past few weeks, months, uh, it's, it's, been, it's been crazy. A lot of things has happened around our, our nation, in our communities, and in our world. From a world pandemic, to uh, protests and riots, to a tumultuous election season, uh, to a nation that is divided, um, a lot has been happening. But I want you to think back upon your personal trials. Have you had some trials and tribulations that you have went through? Maybe you are going through one right now. Think back to those moments, those sleep, sleepless nights. Have you had questions like, why me? Why us? Why does it seem like everyone is ganging up against me? Why does it seem like nothing is going my way? A common theme or a word that comes out throughout the entire book of 1 Peter is the word suffering. Now, if you look at our nation and the world, there clearly is suffering. Whether it's economic suffering, whether it's still dealing with uh, grief and loss of someone that uh, a loved one where we couldn't even give, give a proper send-off to. Uh, Pastor David and I, as many of you know, lost our grandfather um, at the end of September, and we were unable to go because of COVID travel restrictions uh, to Canada. And it was, it was heartbreaking. 
uh, we're not heartbreaking because we know he's where he's at right now, but heartbreaking and, and, and it was tough to swallow not being able to be there in person to send him off. They're suffering because of this world pandemic. There are healthcare professionals that are tired. There are hospitals that are being pushed to the limits. There are people who are dying. There are people whose weddings are getting canceled. People's trips are getting canceled. I had to even cancel some trips. Uh, in, in, in actuality, in the middle of November, I was supposed to be in Massachusetts with uh, your pastor uh, to spend some time together in fellowship and in prayer. Um, but I had to cancel that trip because of our, the New York State governor's uh, travel restrictions with uh, COVID-19. Why me? Why the discomfort? You can even ask questions like, why can't I even hug my loved ones right now? Now, our passage this morning is known to either begin a separate section or even be a separate letter, which was added on at a later time. But Peter was addressing these Christians in several major churches and also Christians who were part of the church plants that came out of these major churches, specifically because of the significant evidence of violent opposition to the gospel. Now we can question if Peter is writing to a specific church or not, but all throughout the book we have seen the unjust, that unjust trust, uh, unjust treatment is actually happening to these Christians. So this morning I want to go verse by verse and kind of walk through uh, this, uh, this passage, kind of like a Bible study style sermon as we uncover uh, the theme of being refined by Christ. So verse 12, I want to hone in here on verse 12. Do not be surprised at the painful trial you are suffering. Now in other versions, they use the word fiery ordeal. Now if you think about the word fiery ordeal, you can often think about uh, fire or, or burning. But here we see in the original context, this actually is coming from the book of Proverbs. Proverbs 27, when it says that fire is the means of testing silver and gold a refining fire something that is uh, something that is actually good for us now fires are always not a good thing uh, if, especially if you talk to a victim or somebody who has experienced the California wildfires uh, this past year but Peter's trying to encourage the people encourages readers to see that God's purpose is evident behind their difficulties. Peter's trying to encourage them to grow stronger in faith and to give more glory to God. Even when it's incredibly tough and the fire that you're in just sucks. God is using Peter to tell everybody that God is sovereign, that He is in control, that He has an even greater purpose that we can't even fathom. The fire that we may be in may have a greater purpose to mold us and to shape us. Next verse, verse 13, rejoice in so far as you share Christ's sufferings that you may also rejoice and be glad when His glory is revealed. One of the commentaries I read this past week put it this way, Christians are to rejoice in the sharing of Christ's suffering. How in the world do you rejoice and find joy in suffering? How do you do that? How is it humanly possible? 
It's not. It's only possible through Christ. That's why we need Christ. Scripture testifies that the Lord is uh, Lord increased suffering to increase the believer's joy in the Lord. In fact, when you experience rejection and suffering in Christ and for Christ, it confirms the most important fact of all, that we are united with Christ. The book of Romans, Romans 6 verse 5, If we have been united with Him in a death like His, we shall certainly be united with Him in a resurrection like His. Jesus Christ gives us the right rejections when we don't want it because He alone knows that we need it. He humbles us to the utmost when He knows that we are going the wrong way. When it seems like we hit rock bottom, sometimes there might be even be a further rock bottom that Jesus is waiting for us to hit so that He can protect us and save us. He gives us tough love when we don't want it. Why? Because Jesus is the God of justice. The next verse, verse 14, if you're insulted for the name of Christ, you are blessed because the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. The word blessing here is actually not in the future tense. It's in the present tense. So even amid that suffering, it's not, oh, if you suffer, you will get blessed later on. It's in that suffering. In that tough love, you are being blessed. Can you imagine that suff- Can you imagine suffering for Christ that you are going through? Can you imagine that suffering for Christ you are going through? Is that really a blessing? Well, this scripture is teaching us that it's in that suffering you can experience that blessing. Especially if you have spoken with a missionary uh, from different parts of the world who have experienced religious persecution, who have been abused, who have been beaten, and who have been imprisoned for the sake of the gospel, they have no regrets. They would do it all over again. If you ever run into rejection for the sake of the gospel, if you're trying to spread God's word, trying to witness to somebody, right, and you experience rejection, you are blessed. Why? Because you are standing strong, you are not backing down, unashamed of the power of the gospel. You are testifying of God's faithfulness. Verse 16, if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in that name. The world may think that kind of suffering is a shame. That world may think, the world may think that kind of suffering is a disgrace, and it's, and it's shameful, and it's wrong and it's bad, but actually it's an honor in God's sight. Why? Because we're following Christ. We're being obedient to His will. Because you see, Jesus Christ was also rejected. He was also betrayed. He understands our heart. He understands our pain. Therefore, Peter encourages us to glorify the Lord because of all people, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, our Abba Father, the Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Nisi, the great I Am, our God knows our pain. He's been through that rejection. He's been through that hurt. He's, he has those scars as well. So He knows where we stand. We are never ever alone. So if anyone suffers as a Christian, we do not need to be ashamed. We can glorify His name because He knows. He knows. And because most importantly, nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. The later verses in the passage that talks about judgment. Now let's be honest. We don't like judgment. Who likes judgment? 
No one likes to be judged by other people. No one likes to be told by other people. We don't want to be judged. But the funny thing is, we end up judging others. Especially in this political climate that we've been living in. I've seen one too many Christians that turn the other way and they're pointing fingers. I can't believe you're voting for that person. That's not Christianity. I can't believe you're acting like this. That's not the truth. I can't believe you're doing this because you are being being anti-gospel in what you do. People are pointing fingers left and right, even though everyone that I'm talking about is Christian or or they say they're Christian. Our passage we read today talks about this refining fire of judgment, which leaves nobody untouched. But you see, rather than Christians be criticized like the example I shared, this is more so Christians being purified and strengthened by this refining fire. So the suffering isn't a mode mode of punishment, right? This tough love is not a mode of consequence. This refining fire is a way to be purified and strengthened for His glory. Sometimes we need to go through those dark valleys of the shadow of death where all seems hopeless so that we can experience glory. Sometimes we take corporate worship for granted and then when it gets taken away and we miss God's people, we miss our church family, we learn we can never, ever take it for granted. We see sins being eliminated. We see trust in God and holiness of life growing when this purification, this refining, this strengthening happens by the refining fire. You know, COVID-19 is something that we never asked for. Nobody asked for it. It's also something that is affecting our way of life uh, seven, eight months later. It's something that is affecting our loved ones. It's something that's affecting our healthcare professionals, our essential workers. It's something that affect, is, that's affecting our everyday walk, right? When you leave your home, so you got your, your keys, your cell phone, your wallet, and then don't forget your mask. Sometimes I walk out and, oh man, I forgot my mask. I have to run back in. It's become a way of life. We can complain all we want. We can argue about the science all we want. We can lament all we want. We can grieve with those who have lost loved ones. We can talk about how uncomfortable life is when you have a toddler just running around cooped up in your house. And I'm I'm not talking about personal experience. I won't go there. But let's flip the conversation. What if everything that is happening in our nation and the world is happening because God has a purpose? What if, right, this whole world needed to be refined by Christ? What if God, our Creator, wanted to hit the pause button and reset the world, right? There are scientists and specialists that were saying back in the, in the early part of the pandemic that air pollution had gotten so much better in places like Southern California, New York City, and China because of the social distancing and the people staying home to flatten the curve. Air pollution had gotten better. 
Obviously, the place is probably uh, coming back, reopening. Maybe it hasn't, it hasn't stayed the same, but during those p a few months at the beginning of the pandemic, it had gotten significantly better. In the early part of the pandemic over in Europe and Italy, because uh, the boat traffic on the Venice Canal was at a bare minimum, if not non-existent, they were able to see through the water clearly. The sediments weren't in the way. And you were able to see this beautiful water that you never saw before. If God created the heavens and the earth, it's almost like He knew we needed to go through the suffering and I'm saying suffering because it wasn't comfortable staying at home, right? And we call it suffering because our way of life is disrupted. I'm calling it suffering because our, our routines are just pretty much out the window, right? But you can see, right, that God wanted to hit the reset button for all of us. Now, does this mean I'm downplaying all of the seriousness of the pandemic? No. Does this mean I'm downplaying, downplaying all the heroes, the essential workers? No. What I'm trying to encourage us to do, and what I'm trying to share with what Peter, I think, is teaching us this morning, is to reflect on a perspective shift. We should take a step back, right? And we should be able to learn how to rejoice when we have the opportunity to be refined. Many times we let our human nature get the best of us. And we don't want to be refined. We don't want to be touched. We don't want to be molded. But maybe we should rejoice and say, Thank you, Jesus, for refining me. For making me a better instrument of God's kingdom. Maybe we should take a step back to hold on to the life lessons that God gives us. Maybe we should be grateful for even the tough love that God gives us. You know, we're in an unprecedented time where we can't even uh, meet as a church in person, right? And there are still many churches that are still uh, strictly online right now for their Sunday gatherings. But you see, my hope and prayer is that through this unique and tumultuous season that we are living in, I pray that we can all be refined by Christ. I pray that we can come out of this stronger Better than ever. And I pray, I, 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 I strongly, I'm just praying hard that the church of Jesus Christ across the state of Massachusetts, across our nation, across the world, across the state of New York, all of us, I pray that the church can stand up during this time as we continue to, to work together, to pray together, to live and do life together so that we can be refined for the better more so that we can stand stronger than, than, than ever before unashamed of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Let's pray. God, I thank you for the power of the gospel. I thank you so much for your tough love. Lord, we confess to you there are many times where we have taken things for granted. But Father, I pray, Lord Jesus, this passage can remind us Lord Jesus, to not take things for granted. There have been times where we've tried to run away from opportunities to be refined. Father, I pray that we can have a perspective shift where we can say, thank you, Jesus, for refining me. That we can grow stronger and better than ever, Lord Jesus, as a, as a church of Jesus Christ, as, a, as fellow brothers and sisters across the nation and the world. Lord, we thank you once again for the power of the word 
how it's living and active, how it's sharper than a double-edged sword. That's in Jesus' name we pray and all God's people say, Amen.